Welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast, where reverence meets relevance. We are currently in a four-part Christmas series titled, You Got Christmas. In this series, Dr. Benji Kelly teaches from Isaiah 9, 1-6, and the unbelievable way in which God has Christmased us with Jesus. The Bible calls him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. We hope you are encouraged and challenged to experience the love of God in ways that are fresh and relevant and spread that love to others. Welcome to New Hope Church. We are so thrilled that you are here and pray that God will move powerfully in your life. Welcome to six campuses throughout Central North Carolina. I want to just give a warm shout out to those campuses. I wish I could be there, but Merry Christmas to the Garner campus. Merry Christmas to the Sanford campus. The Daughters of the King at the North Carolina Correctional Institute. Merry Christmas to the Latino campus, the Internet campus, the television screen. Those of you here at Central Campus, Merry Christmas one and all. And I just want to say globally while I can, uh, I want to look into the camera and also say to you guys, um, out in your lobby areas, in the rotunda here and in the lobby areas at our campuses, there is just a little gift that my wife and I would like to give you. We've been doing that for 10 years. It's just our way of saying, hey, we're glad you're a part of our church. We love you and we're honored to serve you and uh, wish you a Merry Christmas. So when you go out the doors of the worship center, grab that. Hey, we've been studying Isaiah chapter 9. So if you got your Bibles, go ahead and open to Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9 verse 6. We've been camping out in this passage of Scripture for three weeks now, going on four weeks. And it is an amazing passage of Scripture. And in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, the Bible says this, and it'll be on the screen. And I hope you will read it out loud with me, enthusiastic with me, like it is the word of the Lord. Are you ready, church? Oh, oh, I know what it was. You just were opening up your Bibles. Are you ready, church? How are we talking? There's, There's the church I love. Ready? Go. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. Let's continue. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He will be called Wonderful what? He will be called Mighty what? He will be called Everlasting what? And he will be called Prince of what? That is the one that we come to celebrate today. Now, yeah, yeah, she said. Now we got it. Now we got it. Now, now check it out. If you're here, and um, here's the reality. All of us, all of us come from dads. And all of us come from moms. And tonight, we're going to be actually touching on a tricky subject, if you will. You see, we are on that part of the verse where the Bible says that God is our everlasting father. And the truth is, this is a very tricky subject. It can be a little tender for people because the reality is, in a group this size at all of our campuses, the reality is, some of you are sitting in here today, and the truth is, you had the most amazing earthly dad you could ever imagine. 
And yeah, I think I actually think you ought to clap at all of our campuses for the dads in the house. The dads. Yeah, I, I just love the way that just kind of started to bubble up there. Some of you are here and some of you are even sitting with your dad. How cool is that? And if you're sitting with your dad and you were blessed, I mean blessed, I mean blessed, I mean blessed and fortunate to have an unbelievable dad. Can I just tell you that you are so blessed and don't ever take that for granted. Earthly fathers that that represent God, that lead their families well, that serve their spouse, that serve their children, take their children, as Ephesians says, and lead them by the hand. Do not exasperate them, but lead them. Listen, that is a gift from Almighty God. Amen? Amen. But in a movement this size, the reality is there's a large group of you in here. I'd say a large group of us in here. And the reality is when you think about your earthly dad... Well, the feelings are not so fond, if you know what I mean. And so when you start talking about God as our everlasting father, it's a little tender. It's a little tricky. And here's why. It's the classic mistake. The classic mistake in the church is that people who have, might I say, difficult situations with their earthly dad, they have a tendency to actually project, come on, come on, project their experience with their earthly dad upon their heavenly father. And when you do, your theology and your picture of God gets all skewed, all jacked up, and you start getting in la-la land in terms of how you understand God. For example, maybe you're here, and you had a father who was never satisfied. Maybe you're here, and, and, and your father, you could never please your earthly father. You tried over and over and over and over again only to be frustrated, aggravated, because you just could not ever seem to please him. Those notes remind me to say to you, take out your teaching notes. Hopefully you got a bulletin on your way in today. Take out your teaching notes. There's a pen in front of you. And if you're a guest around here, we tell people all the time, you can steal that pen in the name of Jesus. It is A-O-K. But some of you, listen, you tried, you worked hard. I mean, you'd get an A in school and your, your earthly father would say something like, well, I mean, you'd get a B in school, for example, and your earthly father would say, hey, could you not make an A? Or you would do something around the house and it never was good enough. Here, the classic mistake, come on, come on. The classic mistake is that you take your understanding of your earthly father and you project it onto your heavenly father and you conclude that your heavenly father can never be satisfied. The second thing that, that maybe you're here and your, your father, your earthly father, he was just always angry. He, he was always angry. Maybe you grew up with a dad and it was kind of like Jekyll and Hyde. You just never knew what you were going to get. And any little comment, any little thing that went the wrong way would send your dad off. And so you lived with a kind of fear and trepidation intimidation of your earthly father. The classic mistake that Christians make, and listen, we got a lot of guests here. It's Christmas Eve. Maybe, maybe this is what has kept you from God. You, you think that God is angry at you because you've projected your experience with your earthly dad onto who your everlasting, eternal 
dad, father is. And when you do that, it makes a big mistake and it can fracture your relationship with God. Here, here's the third one. That's just three of the most popular uh, situations that we find ourselves in. Maybe your father was seldom there. Maybe your earthly father was a father who is seldom there for you today or was seldom there for you in the past. And again, in a crowd this size and wherever you're watching this all over the globe via the internet or whatever the case might be, you might be sitting here and with the population and the, and the, the divorce rates as they are, I could take the movement, if you will, and just split it in half. And half of you came from divorced families and I'd be over here with you, okay? And the other half of you... You, you, were, you were one of the fortunate ones and your family stuck together. Well, those of us who grew up in divorced families, the reality is some of us, we didn't have our dads around or our moms around. And so we grew up in a single parent home. And again, classic, classic textbook mistake is that you take that experience of your earthly dad and in some cases your earthly mom and you project that onto your understanding, your outlook, and your vision of our Heavenly Father. And it's into that tension that we feel right here in the room right now. It's into that tension that Isaiah 9, 6 intrudes upon us. It's into that tension that Luke 2, the Christmas story, intrudes upon us and we actually start to understand that our heavenly father, hello, is not like our earthly dad. Our heavenly father is one who actually fills in the gaps when our earthly parents fall short. Can I get an amen? Here are the things I want to talk to you about. We've looked at earthly fathers. Let's talk about heavenly fathers. Our heavenly father or our everlasting father is, right in the word, compassionate. Our everlasting father is compassionate, church. Even though you might have grown up with a dad who just wasn't very compassionate. Here is the truth. The Bible says in Psalm 103.8. Will you read it out loud with me? Psalm 103.8. Ready? Go. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. Slow to what, church? And doing what? Abounding in love. Leave that up there for a moment. The Lord is compassionate to you. See, when I, when, when I say that, some of you start thinking about people who need compassion. If you do that, you miss the message of Christmas. Come on, come on. You needed and you need compassion. And so do I. And our God is a God who is compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast Here's a verse for you. I just wanted to settle in over you. And you don't need to read this. Just let me read it over you. This verse will change your life if you'll let it grip you. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. He's so compassionate to you. 
that he hovers over you. He, he delights in you. He, he sings over you. One of the great songs that we do around this church, and it's one of the songs that has just gripped the contemporary church movement in the last two years, it's Oh How He Loves. You know the lyrics, Oh How He Loves, like a hurricane, I am a tree bending beneath the weight of His wind and mercy. And the reason I think so many of you sing so loud when we do that song is because it actually communicates something that you and I desperately need. And that is a relationship with an everlasting father who has compassion for us. Amen. Listen, I want to tell you something. There is nothing you can do to make God love you more than he already does right now. Let that settle in. There is nothing you can do. To make God love you any more than he already does right now. And likewise, listen, there is nothing you can do to make God love you less than he does right now. He loves you. He's compassionate with you. Here, here's the second thing. Everlasting Father always cares. Can I get an Amen. Everlasting Father always cares. Ours is an everlasting Father that cares intimately for His children. He cares for you. He has your best interest in mind. A few weeks ago when I was talking about Wonderful Counselor, I actually shared, I admitted, I've done counseling, right? Um, and and it, it, you know, I used to be ashamed of that. But I've done counseling like tw twice in my life. Three pretty significant uh, stretches of counseling. The first one was 24 years ago. In uh, Florence, South Carolina, the Palmetto, Palmetto Center. And I went there and, and I was just trying to get my life straight. I had accepted Christ and I won't bore you with all the facts of that, but it was messy. And so I accept Christ and I go into a two-month counseling period where I lived at the Palmetto Center. And I met a counselor by the name of Joe Hartwell. And I got to tell you, church, I don't think it was so much the, the wisdom that poured out of Joe... As he met with me for two months straight, what I think impacted me the most, changed my life the most, was the fact that I had found, finally found someone who truly cared for me. In fact, if you study sociology and psychology and all of that, the, the data actually confirms that if a person, regardless of their struggle... If a person actually comes into contact with someone who authentically and genuinely cares for him or her, they're halfway there in overcoming whatever obstacle they're facing. There's something about coming into contact with a person or a friend or a parent or a sibling who genuinely cares for you. Now put that on God. The reality is the fact that God cares for you and God cares for me. Does more for the human spirit and enables you. Listen children, there are some children in here old enough to understand this. And at our campus level, you need to know this. Listen, God cares for you. I heard some parents say amen. Parents, I'm going to say it again. I want you to give a little affirmation there so your kids know. Kids, listen. Kids, regardless of your age, the God of the universe cares for you. Amen? 
Amen? And that can help you through any trial or obstacle that you find yourself in. Children, while I have your attention, look at Jeremiah 29, 11. Let's read it out loud together. Ready, church? Go. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to and not to harm you. Let's continue. Plans to give you and a future. Ours is a God who cares enough to give us hope and a future. Kathleen Chesto wrote in a Christian article one time. She was actually telling about an incident that occurred in her family. Her five-year-old child approached her one day in the kitchen and said, Mom, is God a grown-up or a parent? <laughs> Mom was a little puzzled by this. I'm not sure what you mean, said Kathleen Chesto, the mom. Is there a difference between a grown-up and a parent? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, her five-year-old child said. Grown-ups love you when you are good, and parents love you anyway. Grown-ups love you when you are good. Parents love you anyway. Come on, the best of the parents do. How much more is the message of Christmas that our God, our everlasting Father, loves us anyway? And here's what I know about you. You've come here tonight, and some of you are stressed. You're fried. I mean, like, like how, many of you, how many of you have all your Christmas shopping done, all your dinner arrangements done, the house is cleaned, all the decorations are up, everything is done. How many of you would say, that's me? Raise your hand. Be proud of it. Be proud of it. Raise, raise your hand. Raise, at the campus level, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Now, now wait, wait, wait. here's what I want all of you to know. Those, those of you who raise your hands. You make the rest of us sick to our stomach. <laughs> no, you really don't. I'm just kidding. We actually admire you. But some of you are here and you're thinking about the gifts you still have to get. Some of you are here, you're thinking about a party you still need to get to. Some of you are here, your Christmas tree isn't even up, baby. Oh, oh, I got some of you right there, right? Some of you are here, man, and you have family coming to town. Like that uncle, you know the one. You know the one I'm talking about. The crazy uncle, right? Or the crazy aunt, or whatever the case might be. Maybe it's a crazy parent, grandparent, I don't know. And you're here, and you're a little fried, man, and, and the Christmas season has been brutal to you. Again, let me just read something over you. This is so important. Matthew 11, 28 and 29. Again, children, I hope, I hope you're listening to the extent to which you can. Look, look at what the Bible says. Come to me. That's Jesus speaking. Come to me. To me, all you who are, what church? What is it? Weary. And what? Christmas can be burdensome. All of you, come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you your rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn Learn from me, 
For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Just rest. Just rest. We're going into the two most sacred days of the Christmas season and if you get caught up in the rat race of it all and you get stressed out and you worry about this and you worry about that and you worry about this and you worry about that you will miss it you will miss the rest and the sacredness of this Christmas season some of you are here listen and you're just trying to please God too much and some people are going to call me a heretic for that Listen, just stick with me for a moment. Some of you are here and you're trying to please God too much. Yes, following him is important. And I strive to follow him to the best of my ability all the days of my life. But some of you have no joy in your Christian walk because all you're trying to do is please God. And you're working from a theological framework as if God is some angry judge or if God is some principal figure with a ruler in his hand ready to sap you when you get out of line. And some of you just need to rest. And the fact that he loves you. That's the message of Christmas. That our everlasting father walked down the stairway of heaven to say, I love you. I have compassion on you. Stop trying to please him so much and just rest in him. He loves you right here, right now. He just loves you. One of my favorite translations of that verse I just read for you is the the message translation. Eugene Peterson wrote a powerful translation of the entire Bible, in fact. And let me just go and tell you, we we take the Word of God very seriously around here. And this is a paraphrase. And there's nothing wrong with a paraphrase so long as you know it's a paraphrase. But you just heard the verse in the NIV translation, my favorite translation. But let me just read for you on this sacred day the message translation of that same verse in Matthew 11, 28, and 29. Are you tired, worn out, listen, listen, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll discover or recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. I love this phrase. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything too heavy on you or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and what, church? And what? Lightly. Rest. Everybody take a deep breath. Well, oh, that, that was nice. One more time, we might be able to fill a vacuum at our campus levels. Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. (gasps) Rest in how much God loves 
you. Here's the final thing I would say on this sacred day. Our everlasting Father, this is a key one, is always there. He's what, church? He's always there. And again, for those of you who grew up with a parent who was not there, number one, I feel for you. I feel with you. I wish that weren't the case. I wish it, it, that, that wasn't a statistic that is just up and to the right in our country and in fact in our world, but it is. But can I just let you know that our God, the Bible says, our Father is a Father to the fatherless. I just knew I was going to get a good loud amen out of that. Our God says, our Bible says that our God is a Father to the fatherless. Amen. And so if you're here and your dad was not there, God comes in and he fills in the gaps. He meets us where we are and he is a father to the fatherless. The Bible says this in Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge, an ever present help in trouble. That's who our God is. Is And I just want to tell you today, it doesn't matter if you ever come to this church again. Yeah, I just said that. It doesn't matter if you ever come to this church again. I'm talking to somebody because you're here because somebody drug you. Yes, you have a drug problem and we're glad you're here. I mean, I'd love for you to come back. Please, we'd love to have you. But follow me here for a moment doesn't matter if you ever come back to this church again or you ever go to another church again. It doesn't matter. God will always be with you. It doesn't matter if you ever give a dime of your money to the church. Listen, listen, some of you need to hear this. God is always there with you. It doesn't matter what has happened yesterday in your life. Listen, listen, listen. You will never go anywhere ever. Where God is not there with you. Regardless of whether you sense his presence or not. He is an ever present help in time of trouble. He is always there with you. The truth of his word promises this. Look, the word of the Lord says this. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Dear sir, that's you. That's the word of the Lord. The Bible says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Dear ma'am, regardless of who you are, God will always be with you. Regardless. And that is the message of Christmas. God, our everlasting Father, again walked down the stairway of heaven and delivered to us Jesus. Who walked among us 2,000 years ago. Came that we might have life. Listen, listen, listen. And have it eternally. Some of you are here and you're wrestling with your own mere mortality. 
And Christmas comes and it intrudes upon us and it reminds us for those who know Christ, you can actually be born again and come into a relationship with an everlasting Father. An everlasting Father who cares for you. An everlasting Father who has compassion, not just on the needy, not just on the homeless, but has compassion on you. And He's always present with you. And so my question to you tonight is, do you know Him? Do you have a relationship with Him? You know, the Bible says that there's two realities at the end of this thing we call life. There's the reality of heaven and there's the reality of hell. And I was thinking about this as I was driving here today. You know, if, if you're born again or if you're born, you, you got two options. If you're born, er, er, give me a show of hands. How many of you were born? Campus level, how many of you were born? Now everybody, hold, hold on, hold, look around. Now, if you see anybody that they don't have their hand up, please, right now in the name of Jesus, go check their pulse. We, we might have to call 911. All of you were born once. Stick with me here for a moment. If you're only born once in life, the Bible says that you actually die twice. You die when you get to the end of your life. And, and, and guess what? You're not going to believe this. I did the research. The death rate among human beings is still right at about 100%. It's amazing. If you're born once, the Bible says you're going to die twice. You're going to die when you hit the proverbial bus or you live a grand old life and you pass. But the Bible says if you're only born once, you're going to die twice. You're going to die that death. The Bible says you're going to die a second death. The Bible says you will be eternally separated from your everlasting Father. Eternally separated from God, from love, from the saints of old. You will spend eternity in a place, the Bible says, called hell. I don't like that news any more than you do. But I refuse to go against what the Bible so clearly teaches. Stick with me. But the Bible says, here's the gospel message. Here's the good news of Jesus. The Bible says if you're born twice, because we're all born once. The Bible says if you're born twice. Once when you're born and, and your mama pushes you out of the womb. And that doctor holds you up and slaps you on your rear end and you scream. If you're born twice that time and then you're born again. The Bible says you only die once, beloved. You die and you stand before your maker. You stand before our everlasting father. And the father will look at you. And Jesus will be there on your behalf. And Jesus will say, Father, he's mine. He's accepted me. He's received me. He's washed by the blood of the lamb. Father, he only dies once. And you will spend eternity in a place called heaven. And the choice is yours. And the choice 
is mine. John 3, 16, the Bible says, For God so loved, what? The world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That means you enter into a relationship with your everlasting father through Jesus Christ. You only die once. And you spend eternity with God, with all the saints who've received and accepted this Christ child, which we celebrate this night. But the Bible says this in Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. Who is Christ, the Lord. A Savior. Why did our everlasting Father step down the stairway of heaven and deliver for us a savior. Why? Because we needed saving. Do you know him? If you do, this is a night to celebrate. If you don't, this is a night to experience your second birth. This is a night to be born again. That same Jesus grew up. And right before he went to the cross for you. He took a piece of bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body. Which is broken for you. It was the greatest Christmas gift the world has ever known. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. And he lifted a chalice of wine. And he said, this is my blood. This wine symbolically represents my blood shed for you. For the forgiveness of sins. And then he said this. Take. Eat. Drink. 
Do this in remembrance of me. This is the new covenant poured out for you, broken for you. At all of our campuses, I'm going to pray in just a moment. And we're going to sing this great old Christmas hymn. And the ushers at all of our campuses, they're going to actually bring the elements to us tonight. And after they do, I want to invite you to just hold them. Just hold the piece of bread and hold the cup. Don't take it. And I want you to sit where you are. And I want you to pray. If you're a believer tonight, you just praise God. You just thank Him for saving your soul. Thank Him that your eternity is secure in Jesus. Thank Him and celebrate everything you want to celebrate this sacred day. But listen, come on, come on, come on, come on. Listen, listen. If you're here and you don't know Him, you've never been born again. Or maybe you were a long time ago and you've come back and you're just at a different place and you're ready to re-enter into a relationship with Jesus. I want you to pray a simple prayer that would go something like this. Lord Jesus, come into my heart today. This Christmas, I receive the gift of you. I ask you to come into my life. Thank you for the body that you allowed to be broken on the cross. Thank you for your blood that you have shed for me for the forgiveness of my sins. Lord, I need a Savior. Please be mine today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And when that Christmas hymn is over. I will come here at Central Campus and our campus pastors will get on the stage at the campus level and we will lead you as we take communion together and we seal the deal for those who are among us who need to accept Christ. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Father, we love you. We give you thanks for the gospel story of Jesus. We give you thanks for this sacred day. We give you thanks, almighty God, for being our everlasting father, the one who is compassionate, the one who cares, the one who is present with us wherever we go, wherever we've been. And the Bible says is most tangibly present with us. When we lift this bread, this common loaf, And we drink from this common cup, the cup of the new covenant. You are here with us. So Lord, we receive you tonight. Some of us for the 100th time, some of us for the first. We receive you deep into our souls. With the receiving of Holy Communion. A piece of bread. A cup of wine. That represents for us. The body and the blood of Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our campus leaders will lead. And I just want to say on all levels, the children who are with us, if they understand, because some of you are wondering this, and they want to receive a piece of bread and a cup of juice, let's allow them to receive at this moment as well. Let's sing as the ushers bring to us the elements.
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. We hope you will join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.